What is up, Trio? You're listening to Lessons Learned, a five-part podcast that encourages Trio students and professional staff to share their personal stories while navigating college. My name is Steven Gomez, and I'm a Trio advisor and to Paul Double D. I have a passion for supporting students as they traverse their collegiate path, and I'm sitting down with your Trio peers and staff members to talk about their process, the obstacles they've overcome, and the lessons they've learned. Today, I'm joined by Viviana Favela, Alejandro Hernandez, and Amanda Garcia. Viviana, Alejandro, and Amanda are all true participants. On this episode, we're going to dive into the stories of students who at times have felt a lack of belonging to our community and to an extent have thought to themselves they do not belong here. Before we dive in, let's take some time to get to know our guests. So, who would like to go first? So, my name is Amanda Garcia. I am a community psych major. I transferred into DePaul and I am a standing junior and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, Alejandro, I am a junior majoring in uh, Latin American. That's not right. <laughs> I'm majoring <laughs> in communications and media with a minor in Latin American Latino studies. Uh, organizations I'm a part of, I'm a residential advisor here on campus. Uh, I have a radio show through Radio DePaul. And I'm also the vice president of Lambda Theta Phi Land Fraternity Incorporated. Hey. Yeah. And uh, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Hi, I'm Viviana. Um, I'm a sophomore here at DePaul. My major is art, media, and design with a minor in marketing. And I'm currently the recruitment and retention advisor of Lambda Theta Alpha Land Fraternity Incorporated. Hey. And <laughs> my pronouns are she, her, hers. Well, thank you all for introducing yourselves. Per tradition on Lessons Learned, uh, we like to start off our show with a pop question. This is more of like a scenario. Have you all watched Fear Factor? Yes. yes. I <laughs> back in the day. All right. Initial reactions to hearing a pop question on Fear Factor? Nervous. Ready this. for it. <laughs> yes. I'm asking you to do some stuff. So, scenario. We're on Fear Factor. You all are contestants on Fear Factor. The scenario is... You get to decide between three things that you can do. Which ones would you and would you not do? Tell us why. First one is you are competing with another person and your head is in a fish tank filled with bees. And you have to basically who can say that the longest without freaking out and pulling their head out. Second one is uh, having a smoothie, get this, filled or crushed up uh, earthworms. And the third one is being in a water coffin tied down and having to find the key to break free. Which one would you do and would you not do? I'm doing the bees. You're <laughs> doing the bees? Because uh, bees are actually really peaceful. Um, mm. They actually do not attack unless they- That's a lie. <laughs> I have firsthand experience. <laughs> seventh grade, went to the science museum, got stung by a bee on the bus, didn't get to go in. You must have done something that's aggravated. <laughs> but no, yeah, exactly. It's like, and the water coffin, I'm not doing that because uh, I have, like, I guess, claustrophobia. And also, like, water, being underwater, like, freaks me out. That's, like, the worst way to, like, to me, is the worst way to die is to drown. So I'm not doing that. I guess I could do the smoothie thing, too. That's great. Just, you just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with Alejandro. And I'm going to say I'm not going to do the water coffin one because I don't. I just don't do water. I don't swim. I don't get near water. Not for me. And then I would probably just do the smoothie because it seems like the one that's going to scar me the least mm. out of the three. I would definitely go with bees, but definitely not water because I'm asthmatic and 
it's hard for me to hold my breath underwater. Yeah. I feel like for me personally, I would do the water coughing one. I do very well in the water. Um, and I can hold my breath for a very long time. But the only thing with it is, and honestly, I think I've been pronouncing it wrong. I've been saying like crossophobia and it's claustrophobia. How did you say it? I've been saying it so wrong my entire <laughs> life. So thank you for enlightening me. But that's the only thing that would make me hesitate is I just don't do well in small places. I definitely would not do the worms. That just sounds really gross. I don't, and I think, I feel like you would feel like the texture of like the worms. And it's like, they're slimy. I don't do slimy food. Like sushi. I don't do sushi. It's slimy and the texture is weird. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you all uh, indulging me on this uh, episodes of Pop Question, uh, Fear Factor Edition. But let's jump into this uh, episode again on belonging and imposter syndrome. So I'm joined by three guests who are willing to be vulnerable by sharing their story. But when we talk about belonging or more specifically the imposter syndrome, we may think of isolation. Um, so I want to ask you all if you could share a moment when you first felt out of place. I, For me, uh, I guess one instance is this is particular during my sophomore year uh i'd have classes in the loop and you know uh for folks who have classes in the loop they probably are familiar with that little like uh connector between the lewis center and the paw center that just overlooks like downtown chicago and i'd always just like chill there and just like do some personal self-reflection and i'd always be like damn who let this kid this puerto rican kid from home park you know, go to, go to do here, that. Yeah. Who let me up here? here? Like, why am I up here? Like, I'd really, like, be like, who, like, why am I here? You know, uh, especially my sophomore year was tough, too, because uh, I just, I knew a lot of people who passed away my sophomore year at a young age. So it was just like, why am I, why aren't they here? But I am. So, yeah, that was just me. Yeah, I think for me, the first time I kind of felt out of place um, in like the university setting was last year. Um, I was a freshman and I had begged my parents to let me live on campus. And so they said yes and they let me. And even though it was, I think, one of the best experiences and one of my most happiest times in my life, um, I didn't really have anybody. I, for some reason, um, made the decision to kind of just focus solely on academics, um, which was great. I had like a pretty good GPA, like my, you know, my grades were, were going well, but coming back to my like room every night and realizing like I didn't really have someone to kind of like reflect on my day to other than like my roommate, which she was a great support system for me, but there were just moments where she would be out with her friends and I would just be like sitting there and laying there like all by myself, kind of like just chilling, watching Netflix and thinking like, wow, like I should probably like maybe find some friends or do something more. Um, and reflecting on that kind of just made me realize that I was very lonely and I didn't really have anybody um, and that I needed to do something about it. So at the end of the year, like that's when I kind of tried to do something about it. But yeah, for that whole year, it was just like a big struggle of like, like, why am I here? I have no friends, you know? I think just transitioning to DePaul is something that is an adjustment I went from being at one campus at a time, um, and I tra I transferred from City Colleges of Chicago. My home campus was Malcolm X, so I knew everybody on campus as far as like faculty, uh, instructors, staff, 
And it was just like a really big jump, like, who do I know? Where do I go? Um, what questions to ask? And so it was just so weird that, like, I left a home just to come to a new home. And I was like, you know, really shocked because, you know, DePaul is so huge, especially up here in Lincoln Park, where it's like, I don't know nobody. I don't know how to, you know, ask someone that I is a complete stranger, like, how do I get to this building or how do I get to this classroom? And so it was just overall uh, very intimidating just because I felt like uh, since I'm a commuter, it's really hard to feel like that culture on campus for some students because my life is mostly outside of this institution. So that, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, just because I don't have the experiences like being in a dorm, um, having, you know, friends here on campus. So it feels more of like pretty lonely for me. Yeah, I think in hearing what you all are sharing, that like the isolation is very much like I don't have anyone who I can maybe one identify with uh, and two to be able to lean on in that moment who I will understand the pain that I'm going through uh, or somebody who has gone through it themselves already. Are you, are you hearing like those similarities come out? Yes. Yeah. How does that make you all hear those? To, how does that make you all feel to hear that like there are three people in this room who feel the exact same way? It's like uh, one of those bonding through struggle yeah. type of things. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's all I ever got to say. It's just like, oh, we all got through the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely say that it feels nice to feel validated because that's the word to validate that because for me it's like you know I always feel like I'm the only one I'm the only one going through this and you know going through that and so I don't get to hear other people's stories so just hearing it now makes it a lot easier mm -hmm. to feel this way. When I like hear about the isolation that may be taking place on college campuses particularly for like first-gen students and um, you all identify as first-gen students correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What do you feel are some, you know, factors that play into that isolation? You named some, but what are some other ones you think play into that? Yeah, I mean, like definitely like ethnicity, because DePaul is a is a predominantly white institution. So anytime you know you uh, come from like you know a more ethnic background, and I mean at least in my situation, I grew up in the West Side, so I'm just used to being around Blacks and Latinos my whole life. DePaul is a complete 180. So I was like, ah, I need to find white people. <laughs> um, but also like my uh, economic status, um, you know, like I said, from, I'm originally from Humble Park and then uh, I went to live in Beaumont Craigan, um, you know, both predominantly Latino neighborhoods, working class neighborhoods. I went to CPS schools my whole life that were like super under-resourced and underfunded. Um, so like I mentioned like, who let this kid into this <laughs> prestigious university in like downtown, you know, like as a kid, I remember like looking outside my school window and always seeing the Chicago downtown skyline. And I'm like, that was always like a, a pipe dream, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that's like, you know, that's something that's just far away that I can never achieve. And then like, I'm in school here almost every single day. So that's just crazy. Yeah, don't feel alone because I feel that way too. Uh, I I was born and raised in Pilsen, which was a predominantly Mexican neighborhood. And when I when I hear people talk about Pilsen right now, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I know that." 
And to me, it's like, it's kind of disrespectful because I grew up in a working class family household and my mom um, was basically the the bread maker and she was working two jobs and, you know, I was helping out with taking care of the family and stuff. So I didn't have that luxury to say, hey, I'm going to go chill with my friends. My friends were my cousins. And, you know, so that that definitely, you know, is like a, a strike in that. Um, because Pilsen wasn't a party neighborhood where you could chill. It actually mm -hmm. was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, it felt more like home because I knew my neighbors rather than now. I don't know them because they just come and go like, you know. And so um, coming here, it feels the same way because it's like, well, you know, nobody is a neighbor or friend to me. So how do I fit in? Mm -hmm. And that's the question that I constantly ask, like, you know, where do I belong? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, um, economic standing is like a big one. I know that coming to university, I kind of knew that, okay, well, you know, I need to be working. Like I knew in high school too, like that's the main thing I needed to be working. Um, and so I didn't have the luxury of like always being able to go out with people and like have my parents like give me all the money that was like necessary for me to go out and enjoy myself. Um, so even now, like, you know, I try to, you know, I try my best to work hard and to like make my own money so that I have the opportunity to be able to um, like enjoy myself with friends. But that's something that I see comes very easily to a lot of people. And it's like, you know, while you're going out with your friends, like I have to be here working and like supporting and sustaining myself and helping my family. So I want to move us towards a little more, little deeper into the conversation and talk about challenges and barriers. When I think about, you know, isolation and imposter syndrome, I think one of the greatest challenges is when we ask ourselves a question, am I good enough? And hearing that question, how do you process that? Can you talk to me about how you overcame that question? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's um, more so like I tell myself that or I ask myself that a lot. Like, am I good enough? You know, um, it, like, is this all worth it? Like, am I doing what I can to succeed? Um, and it became, it becomes something that like the more you kind of question it and the more you tell yourself that, like, are you good enough? Like, the more you start to believe it. And I feel like that's something that's very much um, impacted me and my work ethic and the way that I handle things. I think a lot of people or the people around me um, can definitely say that I'm a perfectionist. And I think that that question of like, am I good enough um, is a big reason why. Like anytime I do something, whether it's producing um, like work for my major, whether it's like writing essays, whether it's helping other people. Um, every time I finish it, I'm always asking myself, like, you know, like, you know, is is this quality? Is this like good enough? Like, am I doing what I can? And at the end of the day, I think that I have to force myself to um, say, yes, like you are good enough, um, which can be very difficult, especially when you are overcoming like a lot of barriers um, and going through a lot at the same time. That question of like, am I good enough? Uh, I'd say it mostly stuck with me, like stuck in my head in like middle school and high school. I, I think in college, I just find like, I found my own confidence, my own self-confidence in college, especially just cause like going to like being away from like all those people that were like toxic in my past and like that weren't like reminding me that I'm not the shit. It, <laughs> might, it made me realize that I am the shit. And I just, the only reason why I felt that way is cause I was letting those people tell me that. So that's how I kind of overcame it. So like now I'm like, now I kind of like own, own it. Yeah. Before we shift into like how we overcame that question for ourselves, uh, man, I want to ask you like, do you ever think to yourself, I'm not good enough? Yeah, I, I question that quite a bit, um, especially because 
I have to fund my own education. I, I don't have uh, somebody to give me money and uh, basically just offering their assistance. I have to be the one to do it on my own. And that's the hardest part is, you know, having that um, that burden of not having that extra person as like emotional or financial support because, hey, if I had it, I would love it. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what makes me really think about it. Like if I'm good enough, mm-hmm. because if I can't make my dues, then what makes me, you know, equivalent to someone here on campus that can afford it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, Rihanna, like, you may be still kind of in that process of overcoming that question, but what does that look like for you? Well, <laughs> um, like I mentioned earlier, um, I do ask myself that a lot. Um, it's something that I tend to kind of um, like ponder around um, like almost every day, which can be very like taxing um, and like mentally. Um, but I think the biggest um the biggest thing that I kind of need to remind myself is that when I am asking this question, um, like I know that I do have support and I have people around me who are willing to kind of tell me like, yeah, like you are good enough, like, or not even hearing it from other people, but just looking at myself in the mirror every once in a while and being like, you did that. Or like, Hey, that was worth it. Like you're doing amazing or like whatever, which can also be really hard. Like I feel like sometimes we, especially as members of like marginalized communities, um, we sometimes find it difficult to tell ourselves that like you're worth it, like you matter um, because everybody else around us and everything going on around us is telling us like the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and man, I want to get to you in terms of like how you overcame it. uh, But something I wanted to kind of just touch on real quick is uh, you both uh, noted there's people in our lives that can make you or tell you you're not good enough. And at some point, we have to shed that dead weight. And it sounds like you made that decision already. Uh, you may or not be in that process already, Rihanna. I'm not okay. sure. But, you know, I think that's something that's yeah. interesting, you know, that you both kind of touch on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, can I? May yeah. I? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know for, I think... Yeah, Ale is, um, I commend him for being able to cut off, like, those toxic people. I think for me, um, that's a big struggle, and that's a big difficulty. Um, I never want people to, I think, feel bad or to be, or to ever feel the way that I'm feeling when I'm asking myself, like, that question of, like, am I good enough? And I sometimes, even though I should be cutting these people off and being, like, you don't make me feel like I'm worth it, you don't make me feel good about myself, like, I should just be like, hey, like deuces. Um, but mm-hmm. instead, because I am who I am and I don't want, I never want other people feeling the way that I am, I feel like I have a tendency of keeping those people in my life to save like their feelings and make sure that they're not hurting. And that's something that I, is something that I need to change and I need to really reflect on um, every now and then. I think having people around me like Alejandro, him and I have definitely <laughs> gotten a lot closer this year. Um, and that's something that I look up to him for and something that I'm trying to kind of take on, like one of his qualities that I kind of want to learn from. Mm-hmm. So I want to transition into how do we support one another? How do we give advice to those students who are listening um, to you three in this space? Uh, but to start the conversation, I want to read to you an article, I'm sorry, a, a quote from an article I recently read, and I will be paraphrasing, um, and it goes like this. To those who may be struggling with imposter syndrome, 
it is not about ignoring those feelings. It is really important that we feel what we feel inside and what we present on the outside are similar because the greater the discrepancy between what we feel on the inside and what we present on the outside, the more angst we feel. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> How are we feeling about that? Period. Period. <laughs> reactions reactions to that. I hold up. I yeah. So I guess my reaction to that is, uh, I guess, just the idea that you know everyone wears their own mask. Uh, so like everyone has their mask, right? That they kind of wear to the outside. They're okay in art class. Shout out Miss Mark Steinmetz College Prep <laughs> IB Art. Shout out Miss Mark. Um, you know, she I remember she was teaching us about something, but she, I don't know what the I don't even remember what the lesson was on. But it was something about like wearing three masks. Um, it's like the one mask is like the one that like we kind of just wear in public, you know, for lack of a better term. The other one is like you wear kind of like you're around like your closest friends. Um, but then like the, the the final mask, which is like your truest form, is basically like just you when you're just by yourself. Um, so that's kind of like what I just thought of um, because. Obviously, we all have our own stuff going on inside of our minds and like our own problems. But, you know, we don't really present ourselves as that way. You know, a lot of people, you know, try to make their lives look good when like on the inside, they're, you know, super depressed or anxious or whatever. Um, and I feel like imposter syndrome definitely like plays into that big time because like, you know, you, you feel like you have to put on a certain front, especially like at a place like Paul, you may want to like try to fit in. Um, so you, you, you would try to like do your best, like, you know, fit in with like, you know, whatever in crowd that you're with, but that may not be how you're really feeling. So that's why like me, I like to like just, I don't know, I'm pretty authentic. Like I'm like, <laughs> what you see is what you get. And if you don't mess with it, then you just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that would be the advice I'd give to myself. Um especially yeah, especially like my younger self, because my younger self, I I was always caught up in like, you know, making sure I was using the right words and behaving properly. Cause like I always had teachers you know, growing up, would always tell me that, you know, basically telling me that, like, oh, you have to behave professionally, da da da. But it was basically like they're basically trying to whitewash me, basically mm-hmm. telling me that if I mm-hmm. spoke the way that I spoke in school or with my friends, acted the way I acted, that I basically wouldn't be successful. And they're basically trying to like prepare me for like going to a professional world and which would be interacting with white professionals, and I'd have to, you know, I have to be adjust to be more like that. But uh, in my time in college, I started to surround myself and also look up to people who were there, like who had like similar backgrounds as me, um, and were still successful without having to sacrifice their authenticity. So that's why, like, just looking up to those people and being around those people, I'm like, I can still do this, and I can still like speak however I want to speak, you know, dress however I want to dress, and yeah. So that'd just be my advice to my younger self. It's like. You know, I'd tell myself to like unbutton those. I used to wear like my like my button up shirts all the way to the top. So I was like, dude, loosen up. As I was I'd tell myself, loosen up. For me, the advice that I would give is just be yourself. Um, you know yourself better than anybody else. And it's just like, 
thinking of it as like your shadow. Your shadow follows you everywhere. You're, it's always going to be there whether you want it or not. And the same thing with your personality. You know, people like it or they don't. You know, why should you have to change if they don't like it? Then they could either walk away or, you know, say something about it. And that's how I feel is that you should never feel like you're supposed to change who you are just because there's others that are acting, you know, as if, you know, they're that it person, you know, and who's to say that that crowd is not going to be the one beneficial for you, uh, especially, you know, being first gen or, you know, just low income this is this is who you are. This is the world that makes us, you know, and brings us to what we know, which is our own identity. Without it, then we'd be a bunch of clones. But uh, just know that this is the reason why you're here. Yeah. Because you belong here. Yeah. And then, you know, like hearing this quote, you feel like that has ever resonated with you? You ever had a moment? I'll just quote this like paragraph. You ever feel like that's ever like been you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just, I feel like today this topic is like running perfectly because I was just going through that today about like not being good enough. But then I had to reassure myself, look, you know what I did? I made the grades. I went from community college, got 3.7, came over here, transferred with 105 credits. You know, I am good enough. That is me. You know, I am worth it. And so that's how I feel is like this shit is preaching. So probably a lot of people and they don't even say it. So that's right. that's how I feel. I feel like <laughs> like I have a lot. to. There's a lot I can take out from what Amanda and Alejandro are saying. Um, I feel like with me, it's a little different. I think the part that kind of resonated the most with me was um, I think it was like the end where it was like, because like the the greater the difference between what's like inside of you and what's on the outside the, like a, the it more brings angst. more angst yeah. yeah and I feel like that's very much me especially at this moment I feel like what I'm presenting and what I'm going through on the inside is very different than um, what I present to the people that I meet and like whether it's new people or people that I've already been like around for a long time um, I'm gonna get a little personal so at the beginning of this year I, if I get, I'm gonna get emotional because I get emotional over everything um, but at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of this year, I lost my grandfather. And that was definitely something that took a toll on me uh, mentally, emotionally, um, even physically. I didn't feel the urge to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to school. Um, I didn't feel like things were like worth it. But I knew that when I went to school and when I was around the people who I was typically around, I couldn't present myself that way. I had to be strong for them, for myself, and I had to walk around like I was happy and like I was content. And I feel like um, when people see me, like that's who they see. They see a very social person. She likes to talk. She likes to, you know, be involved around her community. And although that is me to an extent, um, I think there are moments where I do just want to either be alone or just kind of reflect and just, you know, be quiet and kind of like, I guess, think about all of that that's going on. And, um, you know, I've been struggling a lot this year with that concept of like, okay, who am I? Like, what am I presenting to the world around me? Like, is that who I really am? Is that who I want to be? And again, like getting a little bit more personal, I haven't shared this with too many people, but you know, my other, um, my other grandfather, my mom's father um, has been um, not doing so well recently. Um, and he's been like, you know, and he's just not doing too hot. Um, and so that's definitely impacted me the last couple of um, the last couple of weeks. 
And I think it's, it's just very much made me kind of like question like what, like, is it really worth it for me to be at this school pretending to be happy, like working on all this stuff, involving myself so heavily with everybody and all around me, my organization, or would it benefit me more to be who I really am inside and go home and be with my family and take care of them and be there for them? Cause you know, it's, it just gets kind of hard, you know, um, that struggle. But I think that there's a lot that I can learn from Amanda and what Alejandro, um, what they're saying today about um, just being your authentic self and being like um, willing to cut those people off and just be the same person that you are on the inside to like on the outside to those around you. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a process. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Alejandro went through that. Amanda's going through that. And I think, though, that while you have these like competing uh, viewpoints right now where I want to be at Paul, but I don't feel like I can be myself while here. And you're at home wanting to be at school because you want to show your family a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, those two competing ideals right now. You, you may have to be at that at some point, like decide which one matters to you. I personally think that we can work through it and we can talk about it more. Um, I think the reason I think that is because you're not alone. You have somebody here who's willing to like be that person for you to lean on. I'm looking at Alejandro. I'm looking at like other people in your life that are there for you. I mean, I think also thank you, thank you all, but you know, thank you for being vulnerable right now in that space to share that with us. It is definitely a journey, and I think by figuring out how do we reduce that discrepancy, where you got to put on a front when you're here at Paul for yourself, will relieve that angst. So I just want to thank you all for being here today. I appreciate each and every one of you um, taking that time out of your day to share your personal stories and be vulnerable uh, with not just us in this room, but as well as all those listening today. I appreciate you. You're outstanding individuals. And I hope that you can continue to be a part of your journey here at DePaul and as well as afterwards. Uh, But we're going to round out this episode. So uh, if you like this episode and want to hear more or interested in sharing your story, Please come into Trio, talk with your advisor, and let's get connected. Hope to see you soon. And remember, Trio works! Hey.